This week in Remnant, brave huntsmen and huntresses stem the tide of rampant grim attacks. Council election rhetoric takes a dark turn. Far to the north, Amity Arena undergoes much-needed repairs and upgrades, and our youngest citizens have adopted their very own huntsmen, much to the delight of their parents. All this and more this week in Remnant. This episode of This Week in Remnant contains some mild spoilers for Ruby, Volume 7, Episode 5. So, listen at your own risk. Hey everyone, welcome to This Week in Remnant. Thank you for listening. Uh, My name is Joe, I'll be your host. I was going to do an entire review of uh, Ruby Volume 7, Episode 5, but time has gotten away from me. You know, I was out adulting, and there's a lot of that going around these days. What with the holidays and the new year coming up and Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that. So I'm going to do a segment called Possible Nonsense, where I'll talk about what we've seen and what I think is going to happen And there's going to be two things I'm going to cover here. Number one, I think it's popular consensus is saying pretty much that uh, one of the ASOPs is going to be the trader or a trader. Um, Right now, the money is on Marrow. And that's a pretty good guess, because if you if you watch the episode, you'll see that Marrow is really the only one they bust on, you know, when they first. When on their first mission there, uh, Mero says, oh, I didn't sign up to babysit. And Harriet tells him, well, we babysit you all the time. And then when he says, oh, I have no, I'm, I'm all asset. Elm says, well, just for your brains. Well, you did ask. Um, so, you know, is it because he's a faunus? Is it something they do all the time? Because remember, Harriet said, you know, well, we're not friends. We do the job. I trust them not to kill me or get me killed, and I they do the same for me, and that's it. It's the job. So if this is a constant thing, is it because he's a faunus? I can see where that would wear on someone. I mean, look at John. They do the same thing to John, or vomit boy. But, you know, John knows that, you know, they are his friends, that, you know, they're, they've got his back. They'll They'll break somebody's legs for him and, you know, if it comes to it, they would die for him. So it's two different dynamics there. Uh, so Marrow is in the running, but I also think that Clover might end up being the traitor because with his interaction with Robin Hill in the middle of nowhere in the tundra there, um, when he told her good luck in the election, he that sounded, you know, oddly sincere, you know, and leading up to that also, when she's trying to get the information out of him, you can see that he really is having some kind of difficulty keeping this a secret because maybe his heart is with the people of Mantle. And he's thinking that, you know, they really need these supplies, but, you know, what are we doing? You know, where I can see that he knows that he's doing something that would benefit everyone, but it's really hurting him that he's not benefiting his people in Atlas or Mantle. Unless they don't think of Mantle as part of Atlas, but I would think they probably. I digress anyway. So, you know, the money's on. I would think Marrow or Clover. 
But what if Marrow and Clover are the only two that are loyal and the rest of the Aesops are the traitors? It's not out of the realm of possibility because, you know, the Vine, you know, he seems a bit aloof and in his own thing. Elm, who knows? Harriet, I don't know if we can trust Harriet. I'd like to, you know, because she's, you know, for an anime cartoon speedster, she's, you know, pretty cool. So so that's my take on that. I, I'm, you know, wondering if they're going to end up having, you know, or the Aesops as a whole could be working on the other side. Could it be robots? Who knows? You know, it's who knows what they're going to do. Um, now, the second thing, uh, winter being revealed as pan-picked to be the winter maiden. I don't think winter is going to ever get the winter maiden powers. I think the scenario will end up something like, you know, everything goes to hell in a handbasket in, you know, whatever episode is coming up. Winter cannot get to the Winter Maiden, to Freya. Winter Maiden, her, her ship has gone down or, or she's in the middle of a battle or she's stuck somewhere else where, you know, she could be, heaven forbid, dead. Um, who else knows where the Winter Maiden is? Weiss. Winter stuck, can't get there. Weiss knows that something is going on, that they're going to try and kill the Winter Maiden or they're trying to do whatever. Weiss rushes to her, and the last thing the Winter Maiden sees before she you know, passes away is Weiss protecting her. Or, you know, Weiss just about to get, you know, is down and is about to be killed, and the Winter Maiden dies, and boom, Weiss is, uh, becomes the Winter Maiden. That's possible. I think that's, and that would be pretty interesting dynamic, but I don't think that would happen until. I bet you, because they, because uh, the showrunner said that the next two missions, two that two volumes, volume seven and eight, are going to be in Atlas. So who knows what's going to happen there? So, also, I really want to see what happens with the thirsty moms, because you know, thirsty moms choose John. So, but those are my thoughts. Uh, I, I want to put something out there just so in case I'm proved right, that I can you know give you a good old. I told you so. So uh, hopefully that'll be cool to see. And hopefully nobody, no, but none of our favorites die. But, you know, I'm getting real volume three vibes from this. You know, we're volume three where episodes one through six were all happy, smiley, fun face. And episodes seven through 12 were no, what the hell are you doing? Face. So, but. That's about it. I will try next time to do an actual full review because uh, things are popping. So, as always, thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.